Good morning, Northgate. Happy spring. I've been looking out the window here and seeing the robins and enjoying the thought of uh, the warmer days coming and getting rather anxious to get some seeds in the ground and the soil turned over. And you know, it, it really does for most of us, it becomes a season of planting. And I think last year with COVID, it was a beginning that it was the um, busiest season ever for planting. And you know, when we plant, we always plant with the idea that it's going to grow and bear fruit. And what an appropriate um, opening for what's been on my heart to share over the last few months, and uh, especially today, about bearing fruit. So we plant to bear fruit, as Christ puts his life in us, that we'll bear fruit. So that's what I want to share with you today, and pray that God gives us the understanding and the wisdom to know how to go about that. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this beautiful time of the year. I personally love it. It's just such a, a season of, of hope and renewal and encouragement, um, especially that we've been through this year with uh, the COVID, all that we've been through there, and the promise of, of change, the promise of an end to it to some degree. So just thank you, Lord. I pray that today we will be encouraged by your presence, by your word, by understanding you in a greater way and receiving of your love. Oh, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. It is truth and life to us. Amen. So I've been thinking a lot um, since beginning the Abide program with church renewal, as some of you would have heard about. I keep thinking about John 15, and I'm a very practical person. If you teach something, I want to understand how it relates to my life, how do I do it? Or how do I not do it? So in this case, how do I abide in the vine? Or how do I not abide in the vine in my own effort? But how do I actually stay in Christ? So in John 15, verses 1 to 3, it says, I, Jesus, am the true vine, and my Father, God, is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. God takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Well, that actually just fascinates me, that passage, for, for a few reasons. And I want to talk about that today as we move even deeper into the understanding of what does it mean for Christ's word to be spoken into me and me being made clean. Now, I've known this passage since I was a child. I probably memorized it as a kid, or at least parts of it as a kid, and grew up knowing memory verses, and I was taught the Word, and I studied the Word, I read the Bible. I went to a year in Bible school, which of those of you who know my wife, Linda, I met her there, so I can't say I learned too much Bible, but I had a lot of fun. But I didn't do too well on the learning part, especially the Old Testament, oh dear. But over the years, I've been reading and studying and in my personal study, and I've probably never really come to a place of beginning to understand what does it mean to abide? I've heard very little teaching of it as well. I've heard to do it, but not what does it mean? So how do we live out? How do you and I practically live out abiding in the vine? So it's not just the knowledge of it. It's not just me reading about it. And then thinking, okay, this is going to happen just as I fill my mind with these things. Because I fill my mind with lots of stuff. I fill my mind with lots of data. It doesn't affect my life at all. 
I just have it in my brain. So it's not just the knowledge of, and I see kids that were raised in certain ways in school, like myself, went to Sunday school and church and everything. Just the knowledge of it does not transform down here. What moves it from here to here? So how does the truth of God's word speak to my life? How do I respond to these truths when I hear them? So John 15, verses 1 to 2, in what I've just read, Jesus refers to Father God as the husbandman in the King James term. I like that term because if we just say farmer, it seems more general. But a husbandman is the one who cultivates the vine, the one who trims off the branches, the one who prunes, the one who cuts, the one who clears away the debris and the disease and the pests. The husbandman cuts off the unproductive branches. You know, just in sitting in that and, and being in that verse, I recognize there have been things that I have been involved in and there's things that I've done, especially in my own effort, that have been very unproductive. And he just cuts them off, removes them from me. And it's like, what are you doing? My God, do you know what you're doing? You cut that off. Yes. And then there's other areas of my life that have actually been fruitful or, or in your life that have been fruitful or in the church's life that have been fruitful. And he cuts them back. And the reason for that is if a vine just spreads all over the place, the fruit is tiny, it's diseased, it's not very good. I have wild grapevines out back here. Ugh, they're useless. Down in Niagara, where I grew up, oh man, some of those grapes, they are pungent. And they're, the ones in California, they are sweet. They are really good. But they're cultivated. The branch is pruned. Anything that bears fruit is cut back so it bears better fruit, big fruit, delicious fruit, fruit we want to take part of. The other part that I find interesting is, and I referred to this about a month ago when I was speaking, is that the word prune actually means to clean, to clear out. So Jesus talks about the, the Father cutting away, pruning what is diseased, what is unclean, what is uh, clogging our way, what is allowing the non-life of Christ to still live with us. And so he goes on to say in verse 3, and this is the part that really captured me, was Jesus goes on to say that because of the word I have spoken to you, you are clean. Interesting. Pruning, same word as clean. Because of the word that Jesus has spoken, spoken to me, I am clean. What word? Well, many ways of looking at this, but the first thing I go to is the fact that Jesus, the living word of God, the word of God, died, was buried, and rose again the third day. And because of that finished work on the cross, because of what he did for me, his living word, his life, gives me life if I receive it and accept it. Those of us who are part of the vine, are part of Christ, receive this cleansing, this healing, this life in the word, this pruning of the word. It's designed so that the fruit of Christ may be maximum in each of our lives. So how does John 15 become part of us? Well, going on into verse 4 and 5, which I didn't read, Christ goes on to say that he will be our source, that apart from him, we can actually do nothing. That's how dependent we are to become on him being the vine and on this living word to be our life. So I've been praying, and I've 
specifically been praying for myself first and for you, but particularly for me. How, how can I teach on this? How can I live it out practically first in me? So on Thursday night, just a couple days ago, I was praying and went to the bed and I thought, I, I, I still don't have this together yet, Lord. What, what is it you really want to say? What am I missing? And probably about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I heard a verse, King James, because that's what I memorized as I was a kid. And the verse that I got was Psalm 119, verse 11. And it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hmm. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm getting that verse. And then it began to just, I began to awaken and realize, oh, Lord, you're showing me something. And I find often at nighttime God speaks to me because probably the time I'm the most quiet. It is the time that I'm the most quiet. It goes on to say, thy word have I hid in my heart. I began to picture of my wife is from California. I love parts of California. And I love looking at the great central valley and seeing hundreds of thousands of acres of almond trees all being irrigated by this drip system, hundreds and thousands of, of almonds, um, huge, huge crop that they grow in the Central Valley. But the problem is, is that it's semi-desert, almost totally desert. And in order to water it, they have to draw water from the deep wells within the Central Valley. And as they're doing that, they're actually draining it because they're taking out more water than that's coming in. But that picture came to me about these trees being watered slow from the from the deep wells that are within and picturing that as Christ lives in me as his word is hidden in my heart it becomes like these deep wells in here that are slowly drawn from in the day-to-day -day constantly those those trees in California they're irrigated 24 7 they never are allowed to dry out and that's the idea of this vine this life in me that it's constantly feeding from the wells within Thy word have I hid in my heart. And Jesus goes on to just kind of clarify that in the New Testament by saying, Matthew 4, verse 4, he says, Man shall not live alone, um, on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, Lord, how do I feed on your word? How does it get into these deep wells within me and then to flow out of my heart others, to myself. Well, I've been going through church renewal. I've been going through Abide. I'd encourage you that if you know of it or you have an opportunity to be part of it, it's just one of many ways, but it's been very helpful for me to learn how to actually begin to abide in God's word. The first thing I've been learning from them is I need to actually prepare myself to be in God's word. I used to, in the past, just pick up my Bible and I'd read real quickly and I'd think and I'd pray and be on my way. But I'm learning now to actually take the time. So before I did this message this morning, I actually carved out the time and I timed myself and gave myself about 35 to 40 minutes. I didn't give myself, that's how long it took, to actually be in the word, to be with Christ. So it's not just a quick verse and I'm on the fly again, but it's, it's rather letting it penetrate, letting it be deep. So I prepare a place and a time. I shut myself off into the office here, and I realize some of you with small kids, and there's all sorts of difficulties with that, but ask God to show you how can you do that. I remember hearing about Billy Graham's wife, and she found a way of finding a quiet time with God was 
hiding herself in the playpen and covering it over, I believe, with a blanket. Just while the kids were everywhere else, she crawled into a playpen just to be alone with God. Ask him to show you, how can you be creative to spend time with him and to be with him? Unhurried. Rearrange your priorities. One of the things that I would have said is, I don't have time for this. But then I began to look and my phone gives me data and it tells me that I spent an hour and 42 minutes on Facebook. If I have that time for that, how can I say I don't have time for this? So I've literally deleted stuff off my phone so I'm not distracted and I have more time to be unhurried and in God's presence. To allow him, as I do, to reveal his truth to me. So I ask the Holy Spirit, and this is what I've been learning through church renewal, I ask the Holy Spirit to open up my understanding to God's word. Not assuming that I can understand it with just my finite mind, but to actually ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his word, his thoughts, God's understanding through that word to me by the power of the Holy Spirit, to understand God's heart in what I am reading and meditating upon. And then, as I hear it, I actually don't just go on with it, but I actually stay in it and respond to whatever the word of God is saying to me in this moment. So even this morning, I could hear God speaking to me about some things in my life that he was pruning, that he was clearing away, that he wanted to remove from my life so that I would be more fruitful for him. Well, that's very practical, very needed, and allowing it to be deep into my heart there. So I respond to whatever the word is revealing and speaking to me about. I acknowledge the truth of it to me. I don't just hear it with my mind. I respond to it. I, and then I pray and repent whatever I, wherever I have failed uh, to follow in what God is revealing to me, I repent. And repentance is, is, it's a gift. It's not punishment. It just means, man, we want to, we want a clean relationship. We want to be one, restored in Christ. I don't want anything to block that. So I repent and get rid of the debris, the clutter that is clogging this life of Christ. I want the fullness of Christ. So I repent of anything in the way. And then I give permission to God, the husbandman, to use the word in any way he wants to, to cut away any and all unproductive branches. So things that I'm doing or that I've done or whatever that are not productive, you cut them away. You remove them so that the full value of the life of me is concentrated on what will bear fruit. And then even what is bearing fruit, may those branches be even cut back so they bear more fruit, better fruit. And then I allow, I say, God, I want to follow you in obedience, which obeying God is a true sign that we love him. If we obey him out of love, it's the sweetest offering of telling God we love him as we obey him. We offer ourselves to him in obedience and then pray and thank him. Whatever else the spirit may bring to us, ask him, respond, don't rush. Let this soak deep, not like a sprinkle in the summertime that will evaporate. Deep rains. Let it rain. Let it soak into the deep places of our lives. And some of you will say, well, I, I can't journal. I, I believe we all can journal. And I'd really encourage you to journal for a couple reasons. One is it allows us to go back and recall what we've heard God say, bring it to mind again. But the second thing is it actually puts validity to what we've been thinking and experiencing. When we actually write it down, 
we see what's been going on inside. We actually see it written down. So write it down. I'd encourage you to journal. As hard as it may be, I'd encourage you to develop the discipline of that, which I've been doing for many years now and expanding it even more. So as I continue to my thought about thy word have I hid in my heart and getting back to sleep and all this kind of stuff, on Thursday night it was like, oh my goodness, here we go again, but I loved it. Because I then also clearly heard about James 5, and it just totally came into my mind, James 5. So I lay there and I thought, I'm going to forget this. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, I get up, I don't want to turn the light on, I don't want to wake up my wife, so I go and I go to my desk and I just write under the low light of something, just I write down James 5, I write down Psalm 119, I write down the thoughts that are coming to me, and I went back to bed. So when I get up in the morning, I think of James 5, you know, I know it's going to be all about the tongue, and, you know, and, and I know that part, and thinking, well, how does that fit into what is on my heart? But to my delight, I opened up James 5, and my eyes fell immediately to verses 7 and 8, and it just, it just so excited me, because James 5, verses 7 to 8 say, Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer, or the husbandman, depending on the translation there, waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it re receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I love this. As I was sitting in this passage, just myself, I was thinking about the encouragement to be patient. Fruit bearing takes time. What I'm planting right now could be three, four months before I see it. It takes time. And the plant is nurtured and encouraged and watered and kept clean until the fruit comes. But anything planted is designed to bear fruit. It takes time. So wait for it, but expect it. Expect that the life of Christ in you will bear fruit, because that's what we're made for in Christ. The other part that I look at right now is, I, as a child, believed Jesus was coming soon, and read some of the books, and watched the movies, and thought, yes, he's coming soon, and kind of assumed that because of circumstances in life, it could have been. But boy, when I look at what's going on right now, and I see what's going on right now, I think the signs, in fact, I know the signs are all around us that Christ indeed is coming soon. The coming of the Lord is at hand. So establish your hearts. Establish your life in Christ, your rhythm, everything about you. Be established in Christ. Be firm in the word and ways of God. Don't let other things distract you. Jesus is coming soon. Wow, that's our hope. It's more true, I think, now than we've ever seen it in our lives, in our lives. So be firm in the word and the ways of God. Be fully in Christ. Don't be distracted. Be well established in Christ, the vine, and our source. Don't look for anything else for your source. It'll always disappoint. You'll always be thirsty, Jesus said. You'll always be hungry if you eat bread from somewhere else or if you drink from somewhere else. That thirst will never be satisfied. But in Christ, everything is satisfied. So after the cutting away of the pruning back uh, that God does in our lives and being made clean in him, as Jesus says, through the word that is spoken to us, through being in Christ, we're made clean. The past is forgiven. 
all is made new, we're new in Christ. After this takes place, the farmer, the husbandman, then waits for the rains to come. And he waits, and they do come. And then a good and bountiful harvest emerges. That's what God's desire is for you and for me. That your life, that my life, bears much fruit for him. Brothers and sisters, let us continue on in God to do his work and let him do his work in us. To be in him. To abide in him. To be in his word fully. To surrender unreservedly. Let him do his perfect work in us. Cut away whatever you want to cut away. Cleanse and remove whatever you want to remove. I surrender my all to be in Christ, to receive the fullness of your word in me, and for me to know that I am in you. Jesus is coming soon. And when he comes, oh, what a day that will be. He comes to take us home. We will know that we have been productive in what he planned for us if we bear much fruit, good fruit for him. It pleases him when we bear fruit. After all that he's done for us, after the life that we've experienced and what he's given us, we in turn abide in him, bear much fruit, and he is glorified. That's how I want to be, and I pray you want to be as well when he returns, being found fruitful and waiting for him to come. He's coming soon. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, as the season of spring emerges on us, our hearts indeed are enlightened and encouraged, but at the same time I recognize that all of us look for fruit to follow what we plant. And you, Lord, by your Spirit, you look in us to see fruit for what's been planted in us by your Spirit. Those of us who are in you reflect you and bear fruit of you. May we bear fruit fully in you, for you, and for your glory. Lord, cause us to be well established in you and established in your ways and established in disciplines so that we know how to spend the unhurried time with you allowing your Spirit to reveal the truth of your word to us so that our lives will continue to be transformed, made into your likeness. And in doing this and being in you, we bear much fruit for your praise and for your glory. We love you. Thank you, Father, for giving Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins that he could then say to us, my word has made you clean. What a life. Thank you for your spirit within us who reveals your very thoughts, Father. Thank you for the Trinity, for your life in us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. May we have a really blessed week. Enjoy the beauty of this season. But as we do, reflect it back to you, how grateful we are to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you later.